Film Autopsy. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Oh, I love that thing. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So here's the deal. You take uh, Batman out. <laughs> okay. You take, okay. You take Sly Stallone out. All right. All right. And you replace at least one of them, probably Sly Stallone, with Chow Yun Fat from one of the uh, uh, one of John Woo's Gun Fu movies. Okay. Okay. And we'll, we'll, I'll we'll, figure out what to give me a, give list, me a list later. later. Yeah, yeah, I'll figure yeah. out what to reply. I'm, I'll have to maybe something from Sang Chi or ah, whatever. You know, because sure. again, the only thing I don't like about the Batman scene is it's just that stupid punching, and Batman is not is not fighting correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's enough. <laughs> well, this is this is for all you are watching. This is a continuation of what we were talking about before. We're going to be updating, the, updating the, intro. the intro. We're keeping, well, we're keeping the theme, the theme song. song. Yeah, for the, sure. the theme song's all sure. and I like yeah. most of the fight yeah. scenes too. Yeah, but those, yeah, those yeah. two are the well, ones well, I noticed. Welcome, welcome back, back, everybody, everybody watching, watching right, right now. now. Boy, Preston, 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 Preston right now. Right now. Again, with another, another action film, film episode. Hang out, Kung Fu itself. You guys know the So there is an echo, Rick. No, well, listen, listen. They hear the echo. They hear the echo because I don't hear an echo. You don't hear an echo? Yeah. Anybody watching? Yeah, they hear an echo. They're letting me know right now. Oh, they're like, Rick, is there something open on your side? Is there something something open? Like, is there is YouTube something on your computer? The only thing that's open on my computer are my notes. Okay. So is the volume? Did you mute? Maybe let's mute. How about now? Can you hear me? Still an echo? There was no echo when you muted me. <laughs> it, was it was you, Rick. Rick. It was, it was you. you. Oh. Well, I was—I muted me. I didn't mute you. So, what should I mute? Uh, well, well, I can, I hear, can you, hear you, but you, but can you, you can hear, you me? hear me? I can hear you, but I don't hear an echo. So mute, so mute me. me. Try, well, how do try, I mute? Try, how do I mute, mute again. again? Okay. Not. Yeah. You, that's weird. That's so weird. Can you guys hear me now? Is there an echo now with Rick muted? We will figure this out. All right, try 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 muting. Get rid of that. Can you hear me, Rick? Because I you're 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 actually muted. I can't hear you, but there, there is, is no, no echo. echo. All right. So, okay, so. but let me try this one now. Hold on. All right. All right. We're we're experimenting live. It's fine. No, I can you hear me? Yes, there's no echo now. I think you fixed but it. But I can't hear you now because I <laughs> muted my computer. <laughs> this is this is really weird. <laughs> should I, so, should so, I get out and come back in? Try it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll talk, talk to chat. chat. All right. Talk talk to All right. <laughs> it's fun. Fuck it. We're doing it live. This is what, what we can say hello to everybody here. Hey, what is going on? Michael Gonzalez in the house. Oh, yeah. Hold on. We got Michael Brown. There you go. Representing certified channel. Badass member. There you go. All right, I think let's let's he is back now. Let's see if we have the echo again. All, All right. right. Do we have I, still, I still hear, still hear me. me. Do you do have you headphones, Greg? I do have headphones. Because there's some Marco, Marco G and turn down the volume where it's coming from your speakers to your mic. Or try headphones. Yeah, if you have headphones, it'll work. All right, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. What is going on, guys? We're gonna make it happen, baby. Yeah. yeah, even if even it, if, even if we can't get rid of the echo, echo, we're still we're gonna still go. Gonna go. <laughs> but really, really quick, quick uh, don't, don't forget, forget guys, guys, if you, you are a channel, channel member or patron, patron member, member, 
We have an we exclusive, have exclusive series, series off the shelf views. views. The newest, the newest episode, episode is uploaded, uploaded to the channel, channel right, right, now, right now, just, just for, the for the channel, channel members. members. And, and so, so I'm, I'm reviewing, reviewing the Chinese the boxer and one arm boxer, Jimmy Wang Yu classic. So let me give you a little taste here. Yo, yo. So if you want to hear my thoughts on both of those movies, uh, become a channel member and you can check out the video right now. It's up the, it's up right now. All right. I think we I think we nailed it. Are we nailed it? Can no, you no hear echo. me? Yeah, you're good. No echo. And you can hear me. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Excellent. Now, now we know. Now we Any, know it. And no one's now, half the battle, G.I. Joe. But now the time, <laughs> the time has come, ladies and gentlemen. You know what time of the year it is? I'll tell you what. It's it's about to be the end of summer, and you know how I know? Because it, we're back to tucking in my beard time. Ah. So you can see my wonderful T-shirt. So now I tuck in my beard, and you can see all the, the glorious high ah T-shirt. Yes. And my, and my beard is nicely rounded. <laughs> That's there right, because we, we support everything high ah That's, That's right. right. I love right. Haya. We've got a bunch of Haya movies this time, but yes. we might as well. Let's see. So how are we going? Oh, should we get started? Yeah. Oh, let, yeah. Me, let, let me say uh, hello to yeah, everybody really quickly, and then we can keep going. Jake Hall, yeah. how you doing? Michael Gonzalez, what is going on? We're going to speed run this. Jet Tiger saying hello, Samurai and Rick. Oh, yes. Everyone, we love you. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, don't forget, the sponsor of the, of the channel as of right now is the Urban Action Showcase and that expo, was a, that was a great commercial. Yeah, I've I've actually already he already reached out to me. I'm going to be there this year. I'm you know I was one of the last people to interview Jim Kelly, so they're honoring Jim Kelly. I've Amazing. Got, I'm the only person I'm aware of at the entire convention that has a shirt that shows the Hong Kong Enter the Dragon poster, not the American. So I'm going to be nice. Bringing, I'll be I'll be displaying that. Yes, and you notice there was some, there was a familiar face in that intro too. Uh, some, oh, yes. a, a guy with glasses with a, a long, big, long white beard. Uh, no, not not the only no? the short, tucked in beard is allowed here. <laughs> well, that's awesome. You're going, Rick, and that's one of my goals. Is the actual goal. Maybe I can go next year for sure. I hope you can. Uh, it's been you can come with me, and yeah, also every I've been there from the very beginning. I've had I he gave me my tenth year shirt last year and i imagine he'll give me something for the 11th year as well nice because uh, i've always supported him i always promoted him and now and i may have introduced him to you did i introduce him to you i think so yeah because now so, yeah i'm always demetrius we, is just awesome well i think it was when we did the we did the kung fu scravaganza here on the channel i think right. that's when i met him for the first time yeah and by Great the way guy. we just got the footage today from this year's the official comic-con footage Sent by the Comic-Con. I just got that over to uh, Fat today. And so hopefully we'll have a, a big show of that. Maybe we'll have a screening. We'll, you'll have to look at the footage first. Yeah. But in yeah. any case. But at, least the, at least the panel stuff, they can watch that. Exactly. So. But yeah, let's have some fun. Let's get it started. We have a lot today. A plethora of awesomeness or mediocre. You will find out from Rick. You know how we roll here. Oh, yeah. wait, hold on. before we Before we do it now. We got to make sure because we got the audience here now. So we got to yes. play it now. Make sure all of you badasses watching. Hold on. Was it? 
And all <laughs> you good asses too. All the good asses too. Almost almost clicked on the show the fucking blood clip. <laughs> but here you go. You want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? Oh, you want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? You got it! Get a piece of Rick. We gotta we gotta change that because they have they have Tiffany Taylor in the corner, the playmate. And I want to put up something more, you know, Kung fu because I got all these signed Kung Fu posters. I got yeah. posters signed by Jackie, by Samo, by La Cal Young, yeah. by uh, two of the Venoms. I've got two Venoms posters signed by two of the Venoms. Check so the we- link in the description box below of this video, guys. You can check out Rick's store. It's amazing what he's got there and the autographs and all kinds of memorabilia. Well, it's not my store. It's the, uh, the uh, well, Chimera yeah. Publishing store, but a lot right. of my stuff is in there. And right. also every week on Sunday, I put the, my top five picks of the week from the Rick collection. There you go. Yeah. Copy and, that. And so well, are we ready fun. to kick it? Oh, before we kick it off with, with the ocean, yeah. uh, with sharp teeth content, uh, you wanted to talk about One Piece. Well, I, ironically, that also has the ocean and sharp teeth in it, ironically. Yeah. yeah, One Piece premiered today on Netflix, the live action, the first season of the live action version of One Piece. And I've been a fan of One Piece. My nephew's been a fan of One Piece for his entire life. I just, I got so, in a, when I became a uh, anime reviewer, I got so inundated by anime that I had to just say, no, I'm going to concentrate on Kung Fu and martial arts. But I've always been a fan. It's just, there's so much of it. And my nephew again always says, "Oh, Uncle Rick, you got to, you got to do this one. You got to do this one. You got to do this one." So One Piece was one of his favorites. And when we visited uh, Tokyo a couple of years ago, just before the uh, pandemic, they had a big One Piece um, uh, exhibition in the Tokyo Tower, and we both went to that. And had I known how great it was, I would have bought a lot more souvenirs because that was a once in a lifetime exhibition. And so I just had some freebies, but I didn't get all the stuff I could have gotten. But I also have been seeing all the movies since then. So for there are more than a thousand episodes of the anime and more than a dozen movies. Yikes. And the movies are still amazing. One Piece Red, which is the latest movie, which I saw at last year's uh, Urban Action Showcase. Because Urban Action Showcase takes place at the Empire 25 on 42nd Street in New York. And so they have, so while they have an entire floor of the Urban Action Showcase, all the other floors are filled with working movie theaters. And so I went down to their IMAX and I watched One Piece Red, then went back to the convention. And One Piece Red was incredible. So I was very interested in the live action because it's very difficult to do anime in live action because yes. anime of course is just brilliantly done especially by the japanese and i watched only the first episode i think six episodes are available today on netflix okay. and i was impressed and i also i was happy because because i came into one piece late i haven't seen like it's i think it's 1701 episodes oh my god and i think i've seen 700 but i haven't seen the first 1000 so what's great about this show is it's that it's starting from the beginning. Okay. So, so for all the people who haven't watched 1701, you there you go. Yeah. You can start from the beginning. And the right. other really cool thing, it's well cast. It, I believe it is being made and produced on the basis of the crew. 
in South Africa. Okay. Because there's nobody in the cast I recognize, but they're all very good and it's all beautifully produced. And what's the most important thing to me? We're on the action film autopsy. The action is pretty impressive. Really? Yes, they have a bright, you know, uh, uh, Luffy, who's the main character. Because uh, for years, I thought, of course, the main character was One Piece. But because I watched the show tonight, I, re- I, I, I finally found out that One Piece is the treasure that everybody's going after. It's treasure that has, but again, that's in the first episode, and you'll see right. all that. All and right. the action is good. They have a Japanese. They have a. Uh, they have all sorts of strange alien. Uh, every race, every creed, every color, every sex, and they're all doing different action styles, and they all fight in action. And I'm going, wow, this is very impressive. I wonder if it holds up for all six episodes. I'd love to find out how much this thing costs, so I can recommend that. And next month's, of course, by then I will have watched the whole first season. And I'll be able to tell you more about whether it holds up uh, as well as the first episode did. Copy that. And I know one of the characters, I'm, I'm getting an image. I, I'll play the image later. Okay. I'm getting it right now. But I believe uh, Sonny Chiba's son is a yeah. character. So. I believe so, too. Yeah, which is there's, awesome. There's a, lot, there's a lot of in-jokes in One Piece. There's a one character who later on who's based 100% on Zatoichi, the blind swordsman. And we'll be talking more about him in a couple of minutes uh, because he shouted out on a uh, okay on something else. Here's the but picture now, right here. There we go. Uh, that's him with the green hair with the swords. I believe that's Achiba's. Yeah, son. he's he's excellent. Nice. All he's right. Excellent. So so this so this has potentials. What you're saying to break the live action anime curse on that curse. Yeah. Well, let's hope so. It's certainly very well done. All right. So now let us start with our buddy. Our buddy Frank Jang, who couldn't be here tonight because he's working, but he left us a little video piece of himself and a review. Yes, for the Meg 2 Electric Boogaloo. That's right. Hello, Frank Jang here, back by popular demand for yet another meaning review for the action film Autopsy. This time I'm going to talk about Meg 2, The Trench. The first film five years ago was, you know, big, dumb, tongue-in-cheek fun. This one was big, dumb, and not so fun until the end. So this time you have three shocks instead of one this time, but they show up in the first act and they kind of disappear for the entire second act until the climax. The problem with the film I thought was the movie spent too much time on not one, but two sets of human villains and their weird motivation during the first two-thirds of the film, so the Mac became kind of secondary. And the sequel felt more like a, you know, your typical Jason Fatten transporter kind of you know, action movie in a tongue, in, in a homage to James Cameron's The Abyss, The Abyss, which is fine. Um, you know, more than a shock movie. Still, I enjoyed that first, you know, first part. Lee Bingbing's daughter is back, along with a few other characters from the first film, such as Cliff Curtis uh, Mack and also Paige Kennedy as a de facto African-American comic relief. Um, this time we have China's biggest box office star, Wu Jing, as Lee Bingbing's brother. Uh, but he never fought in the film, and then you saw him wearing this power suit in the film's beginning, but he never used it to fight the sharks. And he also has kind of like this uh, pet mag that he can control, so you kind of expect a good mag versus bad mag fight in the end, but that never happened. But the third act, set at the fun island, kind of redeemed the movie because it was a lot of fun, and a lot of bloodless carnage, of giant lizards and octopus, and 
they kind of redeemed the film. And also, I saw this in 3D and 4DX, so that was quite an experience. So, not as self-aware winking fun at the audience like the first film, but still fun and worth seeing, especially if you are a fan of the first film and Jason Statton. Until next time, take care. And it, it, it's pronounced Statham, okay? It's pronounced <laughs> Statham. And Thank also, you, Frank. Thank you, that Frank, for uh, giving us a little guest review video. Thank you, sir. Yes, and that sets up my review. All video, right. Uh, not video, but live action thing. Yeah. Because I, I, I see where Frank is coming from, but it's fascinating <laughs> to me to see when, how and where, how, where, and when you see a movie has an effect on how I feel about the movie. Mm. Because I don't agree with Frank okay. in, for, for some of these points. Some of these things I do. But right. for the most part, I mean, my attitude toward Frank is because he went to see it, as he said, at a, you know, a IMAX uh, shake, shake the theater production. This movie is not deserving of that. Mm, okay. I saw it. I saw it on streaming on my big TV with surround sound. And it was perfect for that. And he say, and also for him to put down a standard Jason Statham transporter. I'm going, what are you kidding? I love standard Statham. Staten. I love, yeah, Staten. <laughs> I love standard Statham. Right, right, right. Because he's great. And it is, he sh he gets to fight. I think it's in his contract. He gets to fight. The movie starts with him fighting a bunch of people, not just creatures. And he gets to fight later on. Wu Jing, who is being kept down, Wu Jing made the most successful Chinese action movie in Chinese cinema history, Wolf Warrior 2. And then they wouldn't let him do Wolf Warrior Three. So I think in his contract here, it's and they wouldn't let him do. They let him to do. They let him do one thing in Wandering Earth Two. And yeah. here, here they kind of let him do heroic stuff, but none of his incredible kung fu. Because here, this movie, we have one of the best martial art performers in film, and we have one of the best kung fu performers in film. Yeah. And they only let one do it because. Statham insists. So, so Jing has no action scenes at all? He has action scenes, but he's not allowed to do any Kung Fu. Uh. No Kung Fu. And why? And he also, and he's not going to do martial arts. Mm -hmm. Statham's going to do the martial arts. Right. And so, but he's, it's still good to see him. And I'm glad he's getting, he's still getting work. Yeah. And he's still being allowed to work by the Chinese Film Bureau. But I found the movie a lot of fun. That, but for, I thought it not superior to Meg One, but I've never I've seen it's very hard to find a sequel that's better than the first one. So I wasn't expecting it. Right. I, I you know I saw on the poster that there was a lot of different you know Megs and a lot of different monsters in this one, and Frank mentions a couple of movies that this movie rips off, but this movie rips off a lot of other movies too. Uh -huh. But again. That's what I think all the winking was. I don't think Frank realized how many movies this thing was winking about because not only does it... What what did Frank say? It said that it borrowed from... I forgot what movie he said it borrowed from. He said from. Uh, The Abyss. The James Abyss, but it, The Abyss. I didn't even notice that. What I missed was a lot of allusions to Deep Blue Sea. There's one scene that's just taken right out of... The, <laughs> and, and the villain might as well have turned to the camera at that point and went, wink, <laughs> wink. And there's a line of dialogue in here. Of course, this thing is, is directed by Ben Wheatley. And Ben Wheatley 
is is a fun loving director. He's done a lot of great television. The stuff that I've seen him do is he's 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 directed episodes of Doctor Who. And so I'm sort of like going so he's having fun. Okay. And he and there's one moment I just love this uh, the main villain uh, uh throughout the whole movie Statham is trying to you know get his hands on him and that guy is trying to kill Statham. Yeah. So at at the last moment when Statham sets him up perfectly on a dock. You showed that dock picture before. And he <laughs> he sets him up in such a way that he makes the villain into uh, food for the make. Oh, wow. And as he sets it up, he says to the villain, as the villain goes into the Meg's mouth, he says, so long, chum. <laughs> So and I went, chum. that was so smart, chum. That was great. Because <laughs> back when I was a kid, the Hardy Boys always called each other, instead of calling their friends friends, they would call them chums. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. here, so long, <laughs> chum. Chum. And then the guy goes, gets disappeared. It's. I found it and very enjoyable, but I have to admit, probably the main reason that I, that it was so enjoyable is that I saw it right after Heart of Stone. Oh, yikes. Had I not seen it right after Heart of Stone, yikes. I probably would have been a little more Frankie about it. I probably would have gone, yeah, it was okay. You know, it's, it's a right. sequel, but right. it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's very silly. Uh, I That's how I distinguish it. When, when a movie, let's put it this way, Heart of Stone is stupid. It is <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid it's stupid it's stupid <laughs> meg two electric boogaloo right is silly yeah it's fun it's silly fun right but because heart of stone is stupid <laughs> it's not fun yikes it should have been fun yeah. i mean it is directed by tom stone uh stone i think who directed peaky blinders which was a great what? british yeah and he's directed Heart of Stone. And the action in Heart of Stone makes the Meg 2 look like Ong Bak. It makes it look like <laughs> Heroes of the East. It wow. makes it look like 36 <laughs> Chamber of Shaolin. <laughs> because wow. the action in Heart of Stone, without mincing words, is terrible. Oh, God. You will hate it. Oh, I, oh yeah, I hate it already. Yeah, I, all, I don't even need to watch it. <laughs> fat, you you're the one who usually goes, the way they cut it, the way they cut it. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. It's clear that they did not have first of all, it's done by 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 uh, Greg Rucka. It's written by Greg Rucka, who's a comic writer, right. a comic book writer who's pretty yeah. good. And he also did uh The Old Guard, which was another Netflix mm -hmm. female led action film I that I was. I wasn't happy with it mm. because again, the action was very expected. Seen it before, but at least, yeah. and also it's again, everybody fights the same. The women mm. fight the same as the guys, but at least the fighting was okay in that. The fighting in this is just, just effing awful. God, I mean, you can't, it's just shaky camera and everything in shadow. Oh. It was clear that they didn't have the time, but then the whole movie builds to the final confrontation between Gal Gadot as Tom Cruise with 
Y chromosomes and and the betrayer, you know, the other star, the yeah. whole the plot is just again, it's a ripoff of Dead Reckoning. I mean, pretty much beat for beat. Wow. Except yeah. Dead Reckoning is you know, again, it makes Dead Reckoning look like uh legendary weapons of China. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just, but they they build up to this final fight. Yeah. And in the first part of the final fight, Gal Gadot versus, I forgot the guy's name, but, and they fight exactly the same, except at the beginning of the fight, the guy stabs Gal Gadot and then moves in on her Mm -hmm. and keeps punching and putting his hand into her knife wound. And let me do an impersonation of what she does. Now, when somebody gets close enough to you to put their hand in your knife wound yes that means they're right here there there don't there's no distance between you and them right so here's Gadot with him doing that let me do my impersonation of her ow ow oh let me get my hands in the shot ow ow <laughs> now if you see the whole scene she has her hands free. She has her legs free. She has her head free. And the guy is right here. Huh? So, if she, so if she just stops going, ah, it's my least favorite thing with men and women fighting. It happened in one of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's movies, too. Uh, the villain has, I, I forgot it was called, she was playing a cop. The villain has her by, you know, by the throat. The villain is right behind her. She's a cop. And he takes her gun and he points her gun over her own shoulder at her best friend who's down the hall. And even though she, he hands her his hand on her neck while he has the gun out, yeah, her arms are free, her legs are free, her head is free. The guy is right there, right? You know. And I teach kung fu, and it's kind of like, what's the first thing you do? Your foot goes into his balls. Your head goes into his nose. You, t- you also your hand goes down once your foot goes into his balls. Either hand can go down there and grab it and just rip it right off his body. Yes. But because, and this is what she does. She also does this. She also does the same thing. She also goes, oh, oh, oh. You know what that means? That he's not holding her hard enough. Yeah. So there's no excuse for her. If he's choking her and she can't think and she's paralyzed, that's one thing. Right. But if she's making noise, he hasn't done that. So it makes no sense at all. And same thing with her. It's same thing. She's supposed to be the best spy ever. Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask, was this like, like when she was a rookie? Was this a No, flashback? no. She's the best agent these guys have. And she has the badass walk at the end of the movie. Thankfully, she's not walking away from an explosion because that's <laughs> another one of my least favorite things. I've always wanted, and I've written a couple of scripts where it happens, where somebody who loves those kind of scenes uh-huh. puts a bomb on a, a gas a gas truck and starts walking away to act like he's really badass and it blows up behind him and then he suddenly slows down and falls down with smoking pieces of shrapnel in the back <laughs> of his head but in any case no. so at the end of this movie she's just so st- and then once she finally you know again like these magic action movies she gets better and is able to because, fight him because because just because the script said so. Yeah. Because the script said so. 
Right. This is how she fights. I'm scared. Oh, we're talking big John Wayne wind up. Always closed fist. All she does is punch him. That's it. All she does is punch him with roundhouse punches. So I went on to IMDb and I wanted to see what fight coordinator did such a bad job. Guess what? No fight coordinator is listed. Wow. I'm not surprised. Wow. I, so they were just I, winging it. Literally. I, I guess, well, they might have had a fight coordinator, <laughs> but once he saw the finished film or she mm. saw the finished film, because usually uh, they have female, I mean, they have stunt people, you right. know, doing for gal. Right. It, it's 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 wow. such, I mean, the, the bad action permeates the entire movie. The script is terrible. The plot is terrible. The dialogue is terrible. This is a bad, 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 evil movie. Wow. And Yikes. I'm, yeah, what did I, no, yeah, that's what I said. It, yeah, yeah I, I said everything. Here but go, there's Rick. another, <laughs> Alan Smithy, fight cord. There you go. Very good. Very good, Marco. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say, because we're, we're still in the middle of the, uh, well, hopefully not the middle. Hopefully we're at the end of the strike, the writers right. and the actors strike. Hopefully, we're yeah. getting close. Um, I believe this movie could have easily have been written by AI. Wow. And, and so could the Meg. This is the, these are the kind of movies we can expect if the studios get their hands and the Writers Guild allows them to use AI and then get writers to rewrite the AI. Because the plot is so derivative, the both of it it's it's still enjoyable, especially since it's streaming. So there's no huge expectations. But yeah, this is something to look not look forward to, and yeah. that also relates to what we're about to talk about as well. We're about to jump into the animation section of the show mm -hmm. because Heart of Stone was on Netflix. Uh, I wanted to, I of course me. I wanted to see. I think the uh, the beard needs to be unleashed. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm looking at it. it. Was getting it was getting too puffy. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Now it's uh, go. Yeah. now I'm the old man of the mountain. I wanted to see their version of Monkey King. Yeah, because every once in a while, uh, yeah, there we go. Every once in a while, Netflix does a really good animation. I mean, the uh, the Sea Beast. I still think very highly of monkey king is directed by anthony stachi mm -hmm. who also did box trolls and it is written by the team who made brother bear who wrote brother bear open season and chicken little which are all disney animations in disney's weakest animation era well not its weakest its second weakest uh and so basically that means, and they do have one Asian who also worked on those Disney films. She's also listed as a screenwriter. So you can probably guess Monkey King is okay. Mm, it's fine. I figured, figured, yeah. But it is, unfortunately, I have to give it the label that I give to Asian themed films made by white people. Uh-huh. 
which is chop sake suey. Mm. In other words, there's a lot of movement in this. There's a lot of activity in this. There's a lot of color in this. But it is afflicted by the thing that most of these movies are afflicted by, which is limited knowledge of the subject matter. I mean, they, they, it's, it's, you know, if you go see the live action Mulan, that is one of the great, or the, not the greatest, one of the worst examples of chop sake suey. Right. I mean, that was just as was, as was, um, uh, out of the Badlands or whatever that uh, series was called, into the into, Badlands. Into the Badlands. Yeah, I wanted to get out of the Badlands. They wanted to go into the Badlands, so it's similar to that. Mm. And I animated move, but it's still watchable. It's not long. It it's very active. If you don't if you don't have the kind of knowledge I have of the subject matter, I don't think you'll have a problem with it. You won't think it's the best thing you've seen all year, but you won't. I don't think you'll spit on it. And I'm not going to spit on it either, but I I was sort of like going, oh, it's a shame they didn't have people that... Uh... Yeah, Rita Sow a... was the other one. She worked on the original animated Mulan as well as was a story person on Toy Story 2. So she's of a higher quality uh, yeah. than the other guys were. We have but a question she... here for you. Yeah. Uh, is it worse than Paul oh, of Fury? No, not even close. <laughs> Paul's of Fury is, is again... That it's an abomination. That isn't even chop sake suey. That's just bad. <laughs> I mean, I like a lot of chop sake movies, and I like uh -huh. I like chop suey when it's made well. <laughs> but no, no, yeah, Paul's. Oh yeah. Ooh. So Ugh. this is like this is like a, a, a nice little fun time waster, but you'll forget about it when it's done. Well, you may not forget about it, but you won't say that was the greatest thing ever. I mean, still the best thing ever is Nacha. Nacha is still on Tubi, and right. uh, I think it's still on Amazon Prime. And it's also yeah. on um, Plex. That's right. still the best. Absolutely the best. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, By default, it's better. Yes. Well, anything's better. You're talking about the live action. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was an abomination. Oh. Oh yeah. Because the original Pinocchio, the animation was mm -hmm. exceptional, yeah, classic. classic. So how could they make a piece? I again think that was Bob Chappick. I believe that was mm. sabotage on his part. Right, right. But now let's go to a, a better movie that has more knowledge, okay. even though it is predominantly made by the guy who did the most recent um, Green Hornet, which was right. was also afflicted by limited knowledge and should have been superior and was far from it. Right. And that is the new animated version of there Teenage you Mutant Ninja Toitles Mutant, Mutant Mayhem. Mayhem. Yes. This is good. Okay. But it's best viewed if you accept that it was produced and written by people on pot, by, <laughs> po by potheads. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and, and as such, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are kind of perfect for potheads okay. because one of my biggest problems with them, with my, my favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie is still the first live action one. Yes. Yes, preach it, preach it, Rick. I, I was at the cast and crew premiere of Still that the movie best. in New York with the cast and the crew. Made mm -hmm. great friends with with my buddy, the you know who played uh, one of the turtles, and. Yeah. And it's still my, it's still the best one. Also was done by the by the wildly underrated, and seemingly cursed Steve Barron, and uh, who was a great filmmaker. Yeah. I believe it was Steve Barron. It's I may still be the best. It's still the best. Yeah. This one's good. 
Okay. All right. But the problem is that they uh, it, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was created as a goof. Right. It was created right. by it was basically a bunch of guys who took th- four different words that didn't go together and put them together and played it straight. Right. And the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic book was closer to Dick Tracy than it was to any kung fu. I mean, it was it was hard. It was mean. It was, it was violent. Oh, yeah. It was dark. It was dark yeah, and yeah. violent. Yeah. Yeah, it was the best, Eric. And this one is worth seeing. Okay. But because it's done by potheads, they still haven't quite figured out how to handle the characters. But they do a pretty good job. And it's also, I have to admit, usually I don't do this. Usually I accept changes. I am proudly and happily woke. I am double, triple, quadruple woke. However, what they do to April O'Neil in this movie, I sort of go, I don't know, man. You didn't have to do that. Right, right. I understand what you're doing. I appreciate what you were doing. Right. But but again, that shows you your lack of understanding of how this concept could work mm-hmm. to be- together at its best. Yeah. And so, and the other thing, but there is one thing in this movie which is exceptional. A brilliant piece of casting. First of all, I was very happy that they got actual teenagers to do the voices of the turtles, and that was cool. It was That was refreshing. But they cast... Jackie Chan as Splinter. Or is it Shredder? Splinter. It is Splinter. I always confuse those two. Yeah, yeah. And so when you watch the rats fight scenes, they're based on Jackie Chan. Oh, no shit. They're based on Jackie Chan action, which is, again, avoiding and not wanting to hurt the other person and doing all these really... Also, John Cena's in it, so it's like a reunion of those two. Because I, I enjoyed that movie. I heard Ice Cube uh, as the main villain was was hilarious. I heard. Yeah, it's it's a fun fun movie. It's not a perfect Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie because I don't think there can be one, because it's four different things put together. How can you pull that off? Doing yeah. four different completely divergent things, and pay and make them coalesce. Yeah, but it's still it's one of the better ones. Okay, as far as I'm concerned. All right. All right, copy that. And now we're getting what we're getting into. We're getting into okay. Now I have to put the beard away again because yeah. we're getting <laughs> we're getting into the Hayas stuff. <laughs> well, we White Storm Three is not there yet, but but the, the one after that is there. Yeah, well, we'll start yeah. with White Storm Three because do you want to show? Um, do you have uh, Frank's original review? No, I don't. Okay, because he reviewed yeah. that last week. Yeah, and I again don't actually. Complete... I could pull it up really quick on the channel because I posted if you want it on the to. channel. That's up to you. Well, no, it's up to you. It's up to me. Do you yeah, want to watch to it or not? Uh, right. Well, uh, you guys, guys watching, is anybody who's watching not seen Frank's review of White Storm 3? Anybody want to see it? Yeah, we'll leave it up to them. Don't leave it up to us. Okay. I'll play it, guys. I'll bring it up if you got if you want to hear what Frank has to say. Then I'll, just, gonna... I'll just do it. <laughs> Let me just do it. <laughs> Make it easier. Then that way you can see the differences. I'm sure yeah. you have different things to say. But I'll yeah. bring it up really quick. You just keep talking to him, Rick, while I'm... Yeah, so working. what's happening here is that Frank reviewed it, and he thought it was absolutely great because it's his kind of movie. It's a lot of drone shots and a lot of hyper action. 
I yeah. called it, I call it burnt, I called it bullet porno. But Frank was so amazed by the bullet porno yeah. that he didn't recognize because he thought it happened throughout the movie. He said the last third of the movie is just this gigantic battle sequence. Okay, you don't have to bring it up. I've just told you what he said. So you don't have to repeat it because I've just said what he said. But you don't want me to play it? No, let's not play it because okay, I, okay. I just repeated. So fine. he said, you know, it's the whole thing. It's so it's overwhelming. And I'm like going, and then I watched it. The, the bullet porno is in the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes in a, huh. an, an almost two hour long movie. So, right. so it was, I enjoyed it a lot more when I finally saw it. Yeah. I wanted this come out because this is what you're seeing. Look at all the bullet porno. Lots yeah, I'm of bullet porno. I'm excited. <laughs> great, great, great actors. All three of those actors yeah. are terrific. And what's one of my favorite. I've enjoyed the White Storm series from the beginning. I enjoyed one, two, which I believe are one and two, White Storm one and two are also on Tubi. And the reason I, I love the thing is that basically the White Storm series is about a super cop. It's not really an action series, although there's a lot of great action. It's about a super cop played by Louis Koo. Yeah, bring up that picture again. Bring up the poster again. All of you, if you if you're watching it, can you can you guess who Louis Koo is? He's the super cop. I'll tell you who he is. He's the one with no expression. He is the great stone face. He's the guy on the left over there. He's the he's stoic. He's the one with the automatic pistol. Yeah. And he's playing Joe Friday, Dick Tracy, Steve McGarrett. And I've written two award. One was award-nominated, one was an award-winning books on TV detectives. And I've, all, I've been forever a fan of the super cop. So when I saw the first one and I saw Louis Koo was doing a super cop, a really, just, he's just like Steve, the original Steve McGarrett played by Jack Lord, just like Dick Tracy, the original from the comic strips, uh, just like um, Jack, uh, Joe, Joe Friday from Dragnet, the original, not the 60s one not the campy one, he, he's unbending. He will never break the rules, never. And, you know, Joe Friday, uh, all of those guys would rather lose a criminal than, than to do something illegal to get them. And so Louis Koo is playing that. And here, the White Storm series, it's called White Storm because they're fighting drug pushers. Drugs are the White Storm. Yeah, and this is, a, this is an actual scene that happens at the end of the film. And this is what makes the movie great here. And also there's, there's a touch of, of, of not the de departed, the part, whatever the departed was based on the Asian infernal, infernal affairs, infernal affairs in that the gentleman to the left, Aaron Kwok is um, undercover. He plays one of the, the drug Lords, the Thailand drug Lords uh, most trusted aides. Oh, this scene is great too, because the action, the, I, the first 15 minutes, yes, lots of bullet porno. And they have yeah. this wonderful scene with all three of them in the villain's car. And then they start to fight because the villain realizes one of them is a cop, not the undercover one, but the other, but Louis Koo. So they yeah. start to have a fight. Within seconds of the fight starting, Louis Koo goes out the back windshield. The back windshield is not broken. The back windshield is completely intact. And from the back seat, 
Lewis Koo goes out of the car, smashing the back windshield. Does anybody know how hard and strong a windshield is? He comes out of that thing. And also, I mean, it used to be that if you went out a windshield, you would be cut to shreds. Now the windshields are designed not to fall apart. However, you'd be have you'd have some you'd have a lot of broken bones, whatever you know to get out there. Mm. Lewis Koo comes out that windshield, and he's fine. Not a scratch on him. And I sort of went, okay, I give up on this. I don't care how many bullets are fired. I don't care how many drone shots are fired. This is not supposed to be realistic. Okay. So, all right. So, I don't care. So, okay. I, I don't care about the action. And although the action is fine and it's a, it is bullet porn. Yeah. However, first 15 minutes, last 15 minutes, the rest of the movie has a familiar plot, but done extremely well. Hmm. Infernal Affairs, these guys are giving their all to it. They create the undercover guy, the, the drug lord is in Thailand. The undercover guy goes to Thailand to be with him. The, Louis Koo is trying, is trying to keep Aaron Kwok safe, the undercover guy safe. And that's why he keeps on putting his ass on the line to make sure that Aaron Kwok isn't killed. In that first sequence, the, uh, the Thailand guy, he goes through the front windshield of his car, and uh -huh. he also is not scratched or bruised in any way. But... Aaron Kwok gets shot like three times, point blank. He's the pretty much the only guy in that opening porno, uh, bullet porno scene that gets shot. Yeah, and uh, it's like, and <laughs> they get him out of there. They bring him back to they bring him back to Thailand by smuggling him on a crew on a cruise ship inside one of those you know the um, uh, tractor trailer things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He still he has three huge automatic shells inside of him for that entire trip. He's just that badass, Rick. I, well, he's <laughs> I have to admit that he's lying there, like you know, he's but he's then they it. have they have this whole wonderful sequence when they finally get him back to headquarters, which is in this village in the golden triangle of the drug thing, where a where the where their illegal doctor comes in and does an operation on him, opens him up basically opens up his chest and there's this wonderful shot where he's taking out bullets out of him and the bullets are this big and he's going and he's dropping them in the little metal pan and it goes clank 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 <laughs> well i happen to say that you know the he he still would but then shortly after that once he's stitched up he's He's a he's awake. He's still kind of delirious or whatever. Then they they create this interesting. He is so alienated. He is so upset that he's undercover, and he's so and he's so he's so torn by being an under and he's helping these drug guys that he has he starts a love affair with one of the poppy one of the female poppy farmers. Hmm. Of course, the the female poppy farmer. I don't have her name. But she's played by an actress model. I mean, she's the most beautiful of poppy, poppy farmer you've ever seen. <laughs> and and I'm like going, oh, this is nonsense. But they do it straight. Everybody's doing it straight. They're playing right. it straight. The yeah. romance is building. The romance is building. 
The drama is building. The drama is building. Everybody is so committed to this that I get, you know, I'm getting chills watching it. I'm going, wow. these guys are really putting their ass, their, their souls on the line. The ending of this movie, it's not the action. It's funny that Frank is talking about the action. That's what he thinks so great about this. I'm going to, I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy this if you get a chance to see it once it comes on Tubi because it doesn't matter the plot. The plot is the plot. Right. They have these wonderful confrontations right out of Infernal Affairs. And finally at the end, in order to save his friends, Louis Koo drives into this village because the girl... Louis, uh, Aaron Kwok keeps telling the girl, I'll marry you. Come with me. He keeps taking her. Come with me. Get on the plane. Then she goes, no, I'm not leaving my village. I'm not leaving my family. I'm not leaving my parents. So she stays in the village, even though he knows, Kwok knows that there's going to be the attack on the village by the, uh, by the law enforcement officials. Right. And so again, in, and so Louis Koo gets in his, his SUV and he drives into the village and he runs her over. He runs her over. Hold, hold on, hold on one second, Rick. Yeah. You just after you just told me that. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't mean to. He doesn't even know he did it. I know. That's just how I took it right there. That was my well, there response. There you go. But 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 wait a minute. We're not done. We're not okay. done. Okay. That's what's so. That's what's so great about this movie. Um, he runs her over without even knowing he did it. And at the end, after they have the big confrontation with the villain, and after the undercover guy reveals that he's an undercover cop. Yeah. It's well. It's because the Marco because the movie was amazing. Yeah. You know, it's when I, I was like I said, I was getting chills. And so they're so the undercover guy, they've they've finally taken the um, drug lord away who's saying, This is useless, you know. I'm gonna be out in a couple of seconds. Right, right. But right. you know, you did your job. He kept on saying, You did your job. Uh-huh. And so they're <laughs> Aaron Kwok and, and Lewis Kuh are sitting are sitting next to each other, they're exhausted. They're sitting by the the on the side of his car. And meanwhile, uh, uh, Aaron Kwok is exhausted because he's been looking everywhere for his girl. And so he just is leaning back and he turns his head and on the front of the wheel is the brooch that she always wears in her hair. The Mm. brooch, because he ran over her head, (laughs) the brooch stuck in his tire. This sounds amazing. It is amazing. We're not even done yet. <laughs> and Aaron Kwok, you see, you see him realize it. And then you see him look at Louis Koo. Oh shit. And Louis Koo still doesn't know. He still doesn't know he killed her. Aaron Kwok knows he killed her. Yeah. Louis Koo doesn't know he killed her. Oh shit. And I'm going, yeah, again, I'm getting chills. I'm going, what the fuck's going to happen now? Yeah. They, they're on the plane going back to Hong Kong. The plane is in clouds. The plane goes beneath the clouds and Hong Kong appears. And 
they're sitting next to each other and Aaron Kwok and I'm there going, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Aaron Kwok turns his head and says quietly, I love Hong Kong. And I went, hold. Wow. And he does it so much better than I do. Yeah. Because you have to hear the tone in his, because I watched it subtitled, of course. I wanted to hear the original language. Right. Yeah. 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 Because he felt when he, she was killed, and he, he was worried throughout this that this would deaden him. The whole experience would deaden him, not just the girl, but he, he fell in love with a girl just as a reaction to, right. to getting over this. Because she was but, a hot model. Yeah. But, <laughs> but because he expressed love for something mm. that wasn't her, I knew he was over it. He was fine. He was going to be fine. He's not going to kill her. So now I'm really looking forward to White Storm 4. Is this... I, is this uh, confirmed? Is this no, I, uh, no oh. I don't know it's confirmed, but I'm okay. pretty sure it is because basically the Chinese Film Bureau keeps letting them make these movies as long as they make Hong Kong look like a cesspool of violence and corruption. <laughs> yeah. But he, they let him say, I love Hong Kong at the end. Wow. And I just went, oh, I couldn't care. I could watch this movie endlessly without the action. The action was irrelevant because it was nonsense. The rest of the movie just had great heart. And speaking of not nonsense, but speaking of Chinese Film Bureau, our next one, which is on Haya, is Wolfpack. Yes. Wolfpack is written and directed by first-time writer-director Michael Chiang. And it features, and again, every time it features Wu Jing or, or anybody who's an actual kung fu star, Mm -hmm. I always go, oh, they're not going to let him do Kung Fu. They're not going to let him do Kung Fu. So Wolfpack stars Jin Max Zhang, yeah. who's the guy in the front there with the cheekbones. And he's a great, he, he, he would have been a Kung Fu star now had they let him be. And basically, this is mostly a bullet porno movie. Right. With a heart, with a brain. Really? All yeah. right. Yeah. All right. But it has at the end a knife fight, right. which is a great knife fight. And as soon as I saw who the choreographer was, yeah. it was Tung Wai, who's otherwise known as Stephen Tung, who's one of the great. He worked on. He was the act. He was the kung fu coordinator on Hero. He was the kung fu coordinator on Hard Boiled. Yeah. He is. He is just great. This fight scene, I have to go back now and see who Max was fighting. I want to see if it's Stephen Tung himself. Ooh. So they let him get away with it because I think the Chinese Film Bureau said, well, that's martial arts. That's right, not Kung Fu. Right. That's whatever. Right. But well, it's let me let me play this little quick trailer. Yeah. And that way baby. they could see a little bit yeah. there. Here we go. Wolfpack. <laughs>
good action movie. I'm trying. I'm gonna let me see the uh, let me see the cast because it looks like one of those guys may be Jackie Chan's son. Oh, no, I don't think it is. I think I just I everybody looks the same to me because I'm a white guy. Um, (laughs) No, that's it's not him, but that's but still he's a good actor. I think his I think his English name is Jordan Chan, but I don't think it's uh, the son. But yeah, this is a worthwhile movie. It's it's the first time director, so he's trying really hard. It is, and you can on, watch it on Haya right now. That's yes, right. You can watch Along it with our next movie, yes, yes, which is Luban Four Heroes. I got an, I got two more screenshots here for Wolfpack. Oh yeah, there we go. Over, overall, you did enjoy it. It was a fun action flick. Again, because of the director and the star, they wanted to do. They had conviction. They weren't they weren't just sloughing it off. Gotcha. And it's the same as it's the same as true is true with White Storm Three. The same is true with Luban Four Heroes. Things are improving because what's happening is that the very talented filmmakers, once they sort of went, all right, there's nothing we can do about the Chinese Film Bureau. Let's see how we can make what we can what we can do better. All right. Let's let's do what the Chinese Film Bureau wants us to do, which is not elevate kung fu. You know, make sure that we have the subject matter, but let's let's not be clever about it. Let's be straight about it, and let's do it as, as best we can. So here, the last film of the group of this particular group we're talking, Luban Four Heroes. I was fascinated by this too because I'm also adjusting as an audience member. I so long for great kung fu, but this is the end of the kung fu film era anyway, with Samo and Jackie and all these guys getting older. I mean, Samo's in his 70s. Uh, Jackie's turning 70 next year. So, and wow. Akal Young is dead. And uh, all these other great guys, they're adjusting. So I'm adjusting too. I'm, ta- I'm, I'm appreciating what I get. And gotcha. what's happening with Luban Four Heroes, Luban Four Heroes is almost an entirely a Chinese mythology movie. Okay. But it turns out it's more than a mythology movie because, again, it is done by all these young people. They're, you know, they're just starting out. The director's only done three previous movies. He's in his 30s. They're doing the best they can. This movie is based on, it's the legend of Su Along. I thought it was going to be all mythology, but this is an actual, let me, some people, there's this little village that has a sewer and a, a, a sewer with a cover and a bridge over it. You can actually see pictures of this thing in the little village. And everybody in the village believe that a dragon demon is in the sewer. There she is. That's, that's when she's not in her dragon form. Yes. And that many years ago, that a, a great, let's see, some people say that there are countless treasures hidden at the bottom of the well, and as long as you can open the well cover, you can get huge wealth. However, countless people have tried, but no one has successfully opened the manhole cover. It's also said there is a dragon in the well, and as long as you communicate with it, you can gain endless wisdom and power. However, no matter how many people try to communicate, they all ended in failure. That's, that's what's happening. People come to this village to do that. This is a movie about the original myth and more modern-day people and this six foot six inch American actor or maybe Canadian white actor who's playing this mercenary who wants to come in and try to get all the all the treasures. So 
it starts with the um, the eminent monk Yao Guangzhou. There he is, wonderful actor, played by. I have this. Uh, I have the actor's name here, uh, but in any case, but that's all right. Lei Shik Yu. Uh, yeah, they've all gathered. It's it's a fascinating movie. Yeah. There's some oh, sounds cheap, fun. It is fun. They yeah. even have a bride with white hair, and the leading actor. Show the main poster again. The leading actor, who's the guy on the right there, who's with the axe, who's holding up, he's the emotional heart of the movie. You can see the other actors are all stone faced, but the one on the right is showing emotion, and he does that throughout the movie. Nice. And basic and basically the movie ends with a close-up of his face reacting to this person who has come into the room. It's it's just wonderful. It was heartwarming. So it's I like really a supernatural take on uh, a, a real event in a way. It's it's three different levels. It's three different levels. They show the origin of the legend, and then they show the result of the legend, and and it's got heart. And again, it's 73 minutes long. And every single one of these movies, the special effects get better. The production values get better. Everything gets better. The costumes get better. So again, I'm just sort of like going, I don't know whether I'm just, uh, you know, accepting my fate, but <laughs> as long as I enjoy it, I don't care. There you go. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. And now. <laughs> so, so I have to ask. Yep. Last time we uh, make sure you guys, if you missed our last action film autopsy episode we talked about I can take rick, rick talked about uh, he gave us he gave us honest unbiased thoughts on uh, secret invasion yeah and the question i asked was because i said secret invasion who do you trust i was like rick who do you trust and your <laughs> response was <laughs> not, Ke not kevin feige anymore not at this so point. with ahsoka rick can you trust Filoni anymore? If you had asked me that last week, I would have worried. Okay. But then, then the because the first two episodes was all say don't tell. The whole thing was say don't tell. And the wonderful actress who plays, I'm gonna keep I'm not even gonna try to call her Ahsoka. I'm gonna just call her Osaka. I'm telling I'm calling her Osaka for Osaka. the rest of the thing. Because okay. I just it's just natural to me. Yeah. <laughs> She was dead on arrival for the first two episodes. Right, right. Yeah, I am too, Michael. But I, but it was the third episode that really did it because then the character changes. All three of these characters change in the third episode. In the first two episodes, they're DOA. They're all blank faced. They're, they're showing stoic. no. They're yeah. they're showing no emotion, and the whole show was almost the whole show, except for this sequence, was uh, tell don't show. But finally, now they're showing not just not just telling, and okay. it's much more rounded. And it was very clear because Filoni wrote every episode. I do still have faith in Filoni. In okay. Filoni, I have faith. F for, for Filoni, for faith. Well, the third episode was very promising, okay. and since he wrote the whole thing and he's directing two episodes, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is they're not following the rules of space travel. Uh -huh. But I don't care. It's still the third episode was redemption for me. Okay. How was uh you know rest in power? How was uh Ray Stevenson? Ray is very is is he, we'll take a look at him. Oh, he yeah. he's he's a gravestone. 
literally and figuratively, in that he's so strong. Every time, un, you know, he was he did what uh, what's his name did the guy who played uh, Palpatine. Everybody else in the prequels weren't allowed to act, and they didn't. They tried right. as you know Jimmy Smith, Samuel Jackson. They were still DOA. The guy who played Palpatine, who I I knew the name of usually right off the top of my head, but I'm too old now. Yeah, I know. He Sydney. managed. He managed, and so does Ray. Ray nice. can just stand there looking yeah. still. But just the power is coming off of him. Nice. Just very nice. And also, the guys who worked on The Mandalorian in terms of the action, they're mm -hmm. working on this. And you can okay. see, and, and it's very strong. And also the best, the one who's really doing Palpatine, interestingly enough, is Diana Lee in Osanto, who plays the main villain in this. And do you know who she is? Yeah, that's um, Dan's daughter, right? Yeah, right? the daughter of Daniel in Osanto, yeah. Bruce Lee's friend and yeah. fellow student and teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, the one who was in Game of Death with the Sticks. Mm -hmm. She is great in this show. Nice. She, yeah, she's just got wonderful. Every time, it's like she's playing the main villain. And every time the camera goes on her face or she turns and looks at the camera, I sort of go, ooh, <laughs> okay. Because uh -huh. I've met her. I met her at her father's uh, gym. I oh, met, nice. Yeah. Yeah, and with with Benny the Jet, and it was just and she and she and at that point you know she wasn't showing all this acting skill. She was just a charming young lady. Yeah, this was many years ago. So I was very so fair. I'm looking forward to the next one. Okay. I'm very happy that the third episode came out. All right, and now there's, there's still hope. <laughs> there, there's more than hope. There's more than all hope. right. All right. In Filoni, I have faith. Okay. All right. Now we are here. To talk about Ant Man, I mean uh, Blue Beetles. <laughs> Ant Man. Well, no, we're here to talk about Spider Man. No, no, Blue Beetle. Ah, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, Blue Beetle, No Way Home. <laughs> if you are Hispanic, uh -huh. if you have, if you are Puerto Rican, mm -hmm. you will probably enjoy this movie more than us racist white guys. <laughs> This is not a bad, this is not a bad movie. This is a, I, I dare say this is even, no, I can't do it. I can't, I can't say. Again, be honest, I do, Rick, be honest. I am being honest. Okay. It's, it, we, we literally have seen this all before, except right. for the Hispanic uh, content. Okay. And, and, and anybody who's watching who's Puerto Rican or Hispanic, you have to tell me. Do the majority of the Hispanic or Puerto Rican people you know and friends you have, do they act like this? <laughs> because it's very hard for me to believe that this is a realistic Puerto Rican Hispanic family. It really looks like a sitcom family. Right, right, right. And so are you saying Blue Beetle is racist? I, no. <laughs> I can't say that because I'm not Puerto Rican. Only a Puerto Rican can say that if yeah, it's honestly right. racist. Right, right. I'm afraid it is not what it could or should have been because all of these seem to be stereotypes. But if they are actually people, a lot of people you know, and if and and also virtually every line of dialogue once they get into the family, it should be followed by a rim shot. It's just 
Right, right. They're all pretend. They're on what's uh, what's his name? What's the who's the father? Uh, George um, Lopez. George Lopez. It's it's like they all were on his last two sitcoms. It plays like one of his sitcoms, and I'm saying, well, yeah. It so well. There we go, Gonzalez. He he would know better than I. Uh, but it's by me even saying that that Michael Gonzalez would know better than I. That <laughs> still shows how racist I am. But in any case, so again, it's not bad, but it's okay. not great, and it may not be good. But it's what it. Here it is. Here's the word for Blue Beetle. It's watchable. Okay. I personally found it a little confusing. Okay. Because I, whenever, every time they said they were going to make a Blue Beetle movie, my response was always the same. Why? Why are you doing Blue Beetle? Yeah. To me, he's, I enjoyed the comics to mm. the degree. I knew that he was and also ran. He wasn't a grade A superhero. He was a B level. He was a B hero, and I love B movies. Yeah. And have they made this a B movie? And also, this was supposed to go on streaming. Had it been on streaming, I probably really? would have enjoyed it more. Yeah, this was originally supposed to be a streaming oh. movie, along with Batgirl and the other ones. Right, right, right. Yeah, Michael, you're right. It's uh, or at least a C list character. I thought maybe Booster Gold and Blue Beetle movie or some kind of team-up movie would have been better than just Blue Beetle, I thought. At this point in the DC universe, they need they need their heavy hitters. And they right, need their heavy right. hitters yeah. to do right. Yeah. And to do and to do really well. I mean, but who do they have left? They need, they really need they, I mean, I would love, 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 please bring back Green Lantern and, yes. ha and have the director who was humiliated and des and destroyed by that, the one who directed Casino Royale and GoldenEye, right. bring him back to direct it and let him do it this time. Because he was totally sabotaged. They threw him under the bus. It's, and so, so, bizarre. <laughs> it's yeah. so bizarre. No, no, anybody who has any history at all with Warner Brothers... Gotcha. Okay. They are. If you go back in the history of Warner Brothers, they are constantly undercutting their directors. They are constantly undercutting. They are. They are second guessing. You can find the history of it. It's eternal. Yeah. Was but how was the action? Was the action standard, the usual, or is it it's, okay? It's okay. Well, it all depends on the hero because everybody has to fight in character. The Blue Beetle fights like Blue Beetle, which is not interesting to me. It's right. not exceptional stuff. It's just, I mean, it's it's Iron Man. Right, right, right. right it's right. yeah. It's it's Blue Man Group. <laughs> it's watchable. There you go. It's watchable, it's watchable but it's yeah. It's well. One more it made question. Made me feel sad. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And Mike, Michael says it's it's generic. <laughs> yeah. Michael, oh, get goodness. get Michael on here. We're gonna add to Michael, <laughs> Fat Samurai Guy, Sifu Santa, and Michael Gonzalez's action film autopsy, <laughs> and also Master of Remaster. Uh, We're gonna have a very long title soon. Um, really quickly, yeah. uh, one more question before we yes. wrap it up for today. So, uh, I've heard from some people that they did enjoy Blue Beetle. They had fun with it. And yeah, that, it's enjoyable. That's, that's great. Yep. But I I did hear some criticisms, and I wonder if you have the same criticisms. One of the criticisms was. He's he's Spider-Man. 
he does not kill. But his family has a body count in the movie. And people were like, what are we doing? So his family could kill a whole bunch of people, but Blue Beetle's not killing anyone. What are we what are we doing here? Oh, I didn't care about that. Okay. okay. I mean, again, I thought it was, yeah. Uh, well, I actually that's not true. I do care about that a lot, but not yeah. I don't care about the fact that he didn't kill and they did kill. What I cared about is that they killed the way that everybody kills in movies now, which is one of the reasons I, I tried not to believe this for the longest time, but now I have to accept that it's probably true. The way guns have been portrayed in entertainment in the last 20 or 30 years yeah. has really led to the rampant violence that is going on. I mean, even I'm in, I'm in a pretty high class town and we've had people being killed. We've oh, had man. people being wounded, being yeah. shot every day. I mean, I used to be able to watch, we have News 12, Connecticut. And mm. every single yeah. day, there's more and more violence because these movies show you that it is incredibly easy to shoot a gun. It is, there's absolutely no fallout. So here we have, we're seeing a, a nice Puerto Rican family killing people with no emotional fallout. None. No problem. It's easy to kill someone. And I'm working with a guy now on a book who is, who's been a, been a warrior for 30 years. And I can assure you, every time you hurt or kill someone, it, it hurts you too. Right. It, it cuts a little piece in your brain. There's no, no getting rid of it. Did he uh, at least react to his family killing a whole bunch of people? Nope. <laughs> oh, they can't afford to show any emotion. Oh. Okay. They can't afford to show any real emotion at that. Right. And once they once they make that decision to to make it unrealistic, I they want they don't care. Gotcha. I want the next phase. Now that we've had Fast and Furious, we've had John Wick, we've mm -hmm. had Mission Impossible. You want to go back to basics. I want anchored action movies. I sure. want movies where you feel something and care. Right. I want guns to work the way they actually work. I want cars to work the way they actually work. I want somebody. I want somebody to get hurt. <laughs> in movies, it's fun. Yeah. In reality, in yeah. reality, it happens. And because, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. anyway, I don't. Want... I don't bring everybody down, baby. I know, man. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. You're being honest. You're being honest. That's Back onto Haya, man. Go to Haya and watch. Go some to Haya. Yeah, watch some cool stuff there. But uh, yeah, that's the last one. I guess we can do the the quick Rick recap for those of you who have just arrived late. Uh, we're going to do the quick recap. Let me let me uh, start at the bottom here, then I'll go back up to the top. Rick, thoughts on One Piece? I'm hopeful. Okay. We the get first the one... episode had a lot of really good action. All right. We got the one thumb up. So far, so far. Meg 2, Electric Boogaloo? I liked it more than Frank did, so it's going to be one of these. Okay. It's going to be one of these. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, heart of Stupid. <laughs> Once you mention bad shaky cam for the fights, I'm going to do it, oh, too. I haven't even seen the fucking movie. So bad. I'm doing it, too. I'm doing it, Such too. Such a stupid movie. Oh, my goodness. Heart of Stupid. All right. We got The Monkey King. Mid. Okay. Mid. 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 All right. We got Toidles. We got Toidles. All right. The one thumb up. Okay. Boom! White Storm 3. First 15 minutes, 
last 15 minutes. <laughs> okay. The romance and the the uh, drama. There you go. All right. All right. Nice. Wolfpack. It's it's a little better than yeah. this. It's not this completely, but that knife fight? Yeah. All right. All right. Nice. Nice. Luban. Okay. All right. I'm going to be watching that again. All right. Yeah. Ahsoka. So Ahsoka, far. So far. First two first two episodes. Okay. Third episode. All right. All right. All right. And Blue Beetle, everyone's favorite <laughs> superhero movie of the year. <laughs> mid. <laughs> it's the very definition of mid. It's the very definition of mid. Right, right. Copy that. Well, yeah. this was a blast. This was fun. As always, don't forget to check in the description box below. Get a piece of Rick. Click on the link. That's right. Check out the cool stuff he's got for sale there. Autographs, all kinds of cool stuff from martial arts legends and actors and kung fu enthusiasts, all that good stuff and more. A lot of pictures sure. too, yeah. A yeah, lot a lot of, of photos, a lot of cool stuff. Comic strips, cartoons. Yes. Yeah. And if you're not a channel member or Patreon member right now, you, hey, right now, you want to hear what Fat Samurai Guy thinks about the Chinese boxer and one-arm boxer? It is hilarious review, only exclusive for the channel members. So make sure you guys enjoy uh, that if you're a channel member and if not hey you get exclusive content if you guys join and uh tomorrow hey we're keeping it kung fu and martial arts related we're going to be talking the big boss return to thailand documentary uh directed and created by matt rutledge yes so we're going to have him here hanging out with samurai guy tomorrow 6 p.m pacific time and uh, a lot of cool stuff coming up to the channel follow rick that's right Instagram link is in the description box below. Thank you. I don't do Instagram. Facebook. We love do Facebook. You do Facebook? All right. I'll do Facebook yeah. next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again. And the next action film autopsy, Rick. There's a lot of action movies coming out. Oh, I'm yeah. really looking forward to Equalizer, yes. in fact. Yeah. Equalizer, Expendables 4. There's a lot of stuff coming out. So it's going to be fun and hilarious as usual. All right, guys. Take care. Keep watching action movies, baby. Keep confooing. And I'll see you on the next one. Take care, guys.